All right, welcome and welcome back, Boomtown listeners, our towners. We're your hosts, Deanna Roger and Sinead Coleman Durden. And this is Boomtown Stories. Yay, we did it. It's funny, you guys, because it took a bunch to get it this time. Woo! That wasn't our fault, though. One of them was my fault. Well, but... it's not your fault. It's technology's <laughs> fault. No, I no the one where I couldn't get myself. Oh, that part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, uh, welcome back, you guys. Thanks for joining us again. If this is your first time coming in for the foolishness, uh, this is a comedy interview podcast. Yeah, we interview different people from different walks of life that are either friends of the family, family, or random people that we meet at random parties, like today's guest. I love random people in random places, but also I'm afraid. You should be, people should be. I think, you know, I'm learning that now. (laughs) I'm learning that now. You should be afraid, okay? So just be careful out there, guys. If you like to go off with strangers as I used to. As you do, in that sentence. As I used to do, I don't go off with strangers anymore. I'm going to ask you very specifically. Are you saying you have not gone off with strangers in 2021? Yeah. Ain't wrong. Yes. Yes, you did. When? Oh, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. We keep it super safe. Super safe around these, around these parts, you guys. Yeah. Um, okay, so we do a signature cocktail, specialty signature, whatever you want to call it, you guys. We drink every week. And uh, this week, it was Diani's turn to choose. So Diani, what are we drinking? We are drinking a pink gin and tonic. Easy peasy. Yeah, I got a lot of questions. I'm, I've got my fingers crossed for this reveal because, yeah. What questions? Well, well, I just, no, I just want to, I just, I, I want to, okay. I'm just, I'm ready when you are. Cause okay. we're not together, you guys. So we always do a surprise reveal on the drinks to see what they actually look like. Ready? Ready. One, One two, two, three. Dun, 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 dun. How? How? Did you put any bitters in yours? Yeah, but it said two dashes. How many dashes of bitters do you have? I just dashed until it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we'll see what it tastes like. My drink is clear, you guys. I put I put a couple of extra dashes and I was like, there's no color. It's yeah. just my drink is clear and hers is cloudy. Yeah, my I don't know that I would. I mean, it's kind of, it's like a coral color. Like yeah, a coral is fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, let's give this baby a taste. I don't like tonic, guys. So we'll see how this goes. Ooh. Hmm. I think I, I put too much bitter, so I'm going to go just a reminder to all of our guests a little bit of bitters goes a long way like it doesn't take a lot of bitters to to impart some major flavor we're having a lot of technical difficulties today you guys okay but i only put a lot of dashes because it said it was a pink gin and tonic so i dashed and then stirred and then dashed and stirred all right let's try this again Okay, so you've remade your drink now. Yes. How is version two? Still pretty pink. Um, I'm not a fan though. Not a fan. Um, maybe my second one I'll try it with soda water and see if that changes things or if it was that I indeed put way too much bitters. How do you like okay. it? I'm gonna give it a medium thumb. Uh, because I'm a big fan of a traditional G and T. This is a, this is just different enough for me to be like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to give it a thumbs down and, you know. Like it the regular way. Well, I, I don't think I've ever had a gin and tonic. Mm. And so if you already know you don't like things, maybe you just shouldn't try to. Don't try to. Self like it. Okay. Don't yes. force things on yourself. Yes. If you know you don't like it, yeah. then. Although, you know, never say never, okay? And maybe 
because this is why my life is the way it is. <laughs> That's hysterical. Okay. What else do we do? What have you been up to? Okay. So I actually just like right before we recorded, got back from decorators warehouse in it's in, it's like a city over, but it's basically a store crammed full of Christmas decorations. But your house is already decorated. What? Yeah. I was going with my mom and aunt. Like I had a, I had a break. Um, so they were like, we're going to decorators warehouse. And I was like, I'm going to go too. Got it. Um, and it's great. You know, if I saw something that was like amazing, I mean, I'm, I'm over budget for Christmas this year, so I really couldn't have bought much, but, um, you know, just in case you might see something spectacular, but they do a lot of, I mean, there's always the red and green, there's gold, there's silver, there's blue. And then there's like, whoever got into like the pastel Christmas stuff, it's like all the candies and cookies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They've got all of that stuff. They don't have any of the more, um, out of the box, the newer, which is what my house really is. So I didn't, so I couldn't even find a tree skirt that I could use. So wow. did your mom or your aunt find anything? My mom found a little bit of stuff. My aunt needed a tree topper and she found that. Did you know they have tree toppers that move? When you say tree topper, is, is that the little star on the top? Well, I was like, these are angels, but yeah. Okay. Yes. I did know that growing up, my mom had a, maybe the angel didn't move, but yes, I did know that they moved. I had never heard of that. I consider that extremely creepy. Um, I'm going to agree with my mom on that. And I just feel like that's going to mess your tree up. Cause like it only takes one sudden movement in the wrong direction for the whole thing to come down. So, oh, or maybe my trees are just rickety. I've never had a tree come down. I always figured it was just like animals and kids that you have a dog though. Knox stays away from our Christmas trees though. Cause the very first year we put one, like his first Christmas with us two years ago or no. Yeah. Two years ago. No, last year was his first. I don't know. He's turned. He's tur- no, this is his second Christmas with us. So last year when I was putting up all the Christmas decorations, one of the bulbs broke. And that was enough for Knox to be like, oh, I'm going to, cause it was like, he got close to the tree and I was like, absolutely not. Like, this is a hard note. You like, and he was like, well, if she's going to do a big mad, then I'm going to stay over here. Mm. So I was like, he just totally leaves the Christmas, like all the Christmas decorations. He just leaves them alone. What a good boy. You know, you, you feel that way, but like, he doesn't listen good. So it's like, which is it? You know what I mean? Well guys, if you haven't noticed, I am not a big decorator and I'm not big into Christmas and I've been trying to figure out like who hurt me (laughs) (laughs) because I just don't understand but as I was talking to my other friends about it I was like you know what it's probably because a lot of Christmases I don't get to go home so I'm usually in LA by myself and so I think that's why and back in the day growing up my family we all used to come over to our house and do this big Christmas celebration and even if I was back home it's not like that anymore one because of COVID but two you know people have grown up and they have their own families now so they have to go to in-laws and stuff like that so it's just not the same and I think that's I'm hurt (laughs) we took different responses because Mm -hmm. I was like it's definitely different than it used to be so I just take everybody around me and drag them into the Christmas spirit forcefully with a bunch of stuff Christmas magic really helps me Mm. in my soul. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, no, no, we all have to find the magic. Yeah. So this sounds a little creepy. No, you'd enjoy it if you were around. It's fine. Probably. I love family things. So yeah. So what else have you been up to? I mean, nothing really, you know, like uh, working. I was really intending to follow that up with something else. And I don't actually have anything. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. Then why does your face look like that? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm on your side. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Have y'all ever heard somebody be supportive with their words, but not the rest of their face or body language? (laughs) You can't see Diani. 
So it sounds like she's really on board with what, you know, it sounds convincing. Yeah. But if you could see what I see, (laughs) if you could see what I see. Yeah. You know the truth. Anywho. (laughs) What have you been up to? Um, so quite a, quite a lot actually. And I am supposed to be staying at home right now because apparently Los Angeles is the purge is the word on the streets from the police officers. Um, but this all, that happened. I found that out after I'd been out a lot. So one of my, my friends and old roommate Monique came to town. We tried on bridesmaids dresses. Um, and then we went out to a drag show called learn the words, bitch. She's doing a documentary on it. And that was my first time going. She used to go all the time. And then she was like, I think I want to do a documentary about it. So I went to that. It was so fun. Oh that my sounds God. Fun. It was so, so, so fun. And then we went out, we called it Hoenn. No one actually did any Hoenn, but we went out Hoenn for husbands. What? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we went to oh, I love that yeah we went to this restaurant called Delilah's and it ended up just randomly I don't know there were a bunch of people there it was like a party but I, most times I've been there it's just been a restaurant but this time it was popping it's like what is going on and then did a brunch situation and then last night I went to a trivia night and it was Christmas themed you would have loved it I love Christmas trivia it was a lot of fun. I didn't, you know, I didn't know any of the answers, obviously, but it was a good time. That's amazing. And yeah. so now I will be staying in the house because Los Angeles is dangerous right now. Well, I'm sorry to hear that it's dangerous, but it sounds like the the outings that you did get to have were a good time. So I'm glad you got to have them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was fun. And then I realized like, how sad I used to be I didn't you know we've talked about this and how I am so much happier than I was before and I didn't realize I was depressed but then going like actually showing up to all these places I'm like whoa back in the day I would have flaked on all this or I would have gone to one thing and been like ugh, I can't do it my anxiety would have kicked in I'm like you know what I can't move today um so pat on the back for me actually getting up and going out and hanging with people that I love and enjoy proud of you I'm glad you did it Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Back to Hoenn for husbands. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna let that go. Because oh. that sounds like it should be the name of an album. Right? I told my friend she should write a book. Nobody's nobody still that because that's my friend's. Copyright. Yeah. TM. Is it's that- already copyright written. <laughs> Hoenn for husbands. TM. Yes. Yes. You can't take it. That sounds like something good. Hoenn for husbands. That's a book I would read. The guide, yeah. Um, we didn't. I don't. We didn't find our husbands that night. I think that should be the answer of the book. You don't need to be looking for a man. We have gotten so time. Together, we have. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. yeah. Women are looking for like the secret to getting a husband. They get to the end of the book and they're pissed. <laughs> they light it on fire and love yourself, boo. <laughs> and then throw the ashes in people's faces like they're pissed. They're so mad. <laughs> Just go on dates with your friends. Yes. Mm-hmm. I always have fun when I go out with my girlfriends. Yeah. Happiness is a is self-cultivated. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, or when we're young, younger, we don't really realize that. And then you're like, wait a minute. Do I make me happy? Am I happy without this other person? Right. Or without even outside of your friendships, too. I was like, you have to be happy by yourself. Like You have to figure, figure that out. Mm-hmm. And you have to keep figuring it out. And yeah. not fun. I know you don't sound like it's fun. Um, I've had like half my drink because it's taken us so long to get to this point. And now I'm probably just like struggling a little. Well, let me catch up. I love how that's your solution. Not. Oh, I am an enabler. I think I, <laughs> I don't know. I think I might be the enabler because I'm like, oh, I made a poor choice. And I think you want to make a poor choice, but you won't do it until I do it. Hmm. Or, but like if somebody else, like if we start off making poor choices, I'm like, let's double down on this. <laughs> We're both the enablers. You're an instigator. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. 
That's what it is. You're an enabler and I'm an instigator. That That sounds very accurate. Yeah, that makes sense. Wow. All right. Our guest is here. You ready? We've had these psychological breakthroughs, you guys. We learned so much today. Yes. And it's only 15 minutes in. Yeah. GNTs make me philosophical is what I've learned. Speaking of that, I I probably need a straw to catch up. Let me see your drink. (laughs) (laughs) My cup is smaller than yours. Keep that in mind. Okay. Okay. I have a baby cup. Okay. Hello. 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 Okay. Okay. So first off, I thought the nutcracker was a microphone. (laughs) No, no. Just a new friend. Now I'm disappointed. I thought it was a microphone. I was like, they make those? I was about to get on Amazon right now and purchase. I thought you were just excited to see some Christmas decorations. And he's in red. So I thought you were like, yes, let's go Christmas. Sinead loves Christmas. I do. I'm I'm super Christmas. Super Christmas all the time. I just opened a package that my dad sent. And this was the first thing in it. So Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, first and foremost, thank you so much for agreeing to do this and um, and for being here. We appreciate you. Well, thank you, guys. So Nick and I met at my friend Kendra's 40th birthday party. Well, that's fun. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's an interesting guy. We should have him on. That's amazing. That's right. I did say that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank I never you. get to go to parties, so... Oh. The next time, no, I just, I live in the suburbs and right, 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 right. I teach children, <laughs> so. All right, so we're just going to start off, uh, tell us where you grew up, where you're from, what it was like growing up, and we'll go from there. Okay, uh, let's see. Born and raised in El Salvador, grew up there uh, in the 80s, and just briefly, in the 80s, there was civil wars all over Central America and you know everybody was involved somehow in, in terrible ways and yada yada so my family was able to escape and the four of us escaped to Mexico lived there for a few months in Mexico City which was super exciting as a kid I still love it and oh yeah we were about to go to Holland for um, political asylum as as uh, war refugees at that time it was either holland or or canada and it was looking like holland and at the very last minute my parents met somebody from the sanctuary organization of the 80s which is very different than today's and those guys convinced my parents to come into the united states instead because prior that was not even an option to go into the united states which was technically the enemy the the I don't know, the funding and the weaponry for that war came from the U.S. This is Cold War mm-hmm. shenanigans, you know, Cold War politics. Um, but my parents accepted. And so they helped us cross the border into Arizona on foot. And part of the deal was that they would organize for us to find a home, find a, a it was probably going to be a church. So a church in Detroit opened up and they said, oh, we'll be a sanctuary church and we'll accept that family uh, sight unseen, I guess. And so we trekked all the way from Arizona to Detroit, settled there, continued growing up with my sister. I have one sister. Her name is Liliana. And uh, we got to go to school, continued our schooling, got to high school years in Detroit. That was pretty formative living up, uh, growing up in Detroit such a iconic city with all its own issues and, and beautiful history and things. And, and so it was pretty a special time, even though I didn't know it then. And meeting my friends, uh, some of them are still friends. How old were you when you were in Detroit? We arrived when I was eight years old in Detroit. And I left, oh, we moved away from Detroit eight years later. I was 16 and we moved to Rochester, New York, and from there, just a couple of years, and I moved from Rochester to New York City for college. That's so, quite a bit of moving around. Yeah, a lot of moving around. So different emotions all the time, you know. Uh, and sometimes you think about that, um, and really heavy emotions and friends come and go, new faces. But, you know, formative stuff. And I guess it helped my sister and I get around, you know, 
living in different cities and different types of weather and different cultures. So that makes you, grows you up a little faster, so. I feel like people who move a lot when they're young are really good at adapting to new environments. So like you go into a new workplace or whatever and it doesn't take you that long to acclimate to the people around you because you're so used to, well, I can just kind of figure out how to fit in wherever I go. Yeah, something like that. And I've been told that before, like I can, my friends, we can almost talk about any topic or, or, or um, I've been told that I can speak to anyone no matter what age. So that's kind of cool to, to speak to the elderly or to little kids at the same time. So. Yeah. And you seem to make friends easily. I don't know, by the end of the night, I was like, oh my God, we're, we're, we're friends. I've known this man for so long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very easy to talk to. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I really thought that she was going to call you her best friend. <laughs> and I was going to unplug my computer and throw it. So I'm you, glad that I didn't have to. You know, it, looked, it looked like you were forming the sentence. Shanae is upset because I call a lot of people my best friends. Oh, okay. She doesn't have friends. She only has best friends. No, that's not true. I have regular friends and I have best friends. And I have okay. sisters and I have cousins. All right. Friends that are related the- to me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this isn't about me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what was high school like for you? High school, the first two years, freshman, sophomore year, um, were at a Jesuit all, bo- all boys high school. So that was super annoying. Like, oh man, this is gonna set me back. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I knew it was gonna set me back socially. And it, it sure did. <laughs> I was really shy at that time. I hadn't opened up yet. And so I got teased, uh, you know, regularly, Not nothing crazy. Oh, look at that, who's that? Oh, this is Knox. Knox. Media's dog. My husband has left, so now he's going to spend the rest of the podcast looking for attention. Wow, very handsome, Knox. So, yeah, the, the education was really good. I guess Jesuits are known for that, for good education. But it did have the Western Catholic, you know, tint to it all. Uh, so that was annoying. I did sports. So it was, it was a good experience, uh, also formative. But then we moved to Rochester, and there was nothing, no school for me except this art high school. So I was junior and senior, and that's when I opened up. And, and then I started to speak up. I got my sense of humor in order and <laughs> met some good friends and other artists, all kinds of colorful artists and, and different types of people from different types of places. And I was accepted into the art high school and that was a really great time I felt valued and you know I wasn't teased I was in theater so I got a lot of laughs it was great so so junior and senior really paid off okay so you said you played sports I mean I'm assuming most arts high schools don't have sports teams right yeah and and you know between the two schools cons and pros that was the con of the art high school I was like come on guys let's let's do some exercise a little stretch <laughs> no <laughs> exactly i uh, i teach dancers and some of them go to one of the fine art schools here and they're like they make us do pe and i'm like why <laughs> why <laughs> i was like because they i was like they dance hours a day at school and then come and dance hours at night at the studio i'm like can we uh, please exempt these children? <laughs> I don't want them coming here with twisted ankles because they tried to right. run. That's not fair. Right. Let's not do that. <laughs> At first, I was in the track team, and I twisted, Ooh, okay. I twisted both ankles, oh. and that was oh. all did all the practice and the training. And just before the open meets with another high school, that's when I twisted my ankles. Wait, but, I'm sorry. Sorry, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Sorry, wait, I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh. I don't mean to laugh. Did you twist both ankles at the same time? <laughs> no, I thought you were gonna say separately. No. Oh, oh, my God. oh no! Career. Uh, I'm sorry. 
I was trying to be funny or something. <laughs> I was That's like, look what I can do. Crack. Oh my. Um and yeah, it sucked because I was I was gonna sprint the sprint event, but I was out. Did you do anything other than run track? Yeah, soccer and basketball actually. So just a lot of running all around. <laughs> yeah. A lot of danger. I I, I caught the the ball with my fingers and my pinky finger was like went 90 degrees and it was awful i looked at it and before i could scream just by uh, instinct i i put it back into place and just popped back in i was like oh no. my God. <laughs> i mean that's the right thing to do if you just dislocated it but like that wouldn't have been my instinct i don't think your instincts <laughs> tend to lead you in what was your what would your instinct have been with the twisted finger? Immediately die. <laughs> Immediately die. <laughs> I don't know. I don't do well with pain. Die, though? Immediately die. Not scream, not pass out. Just immediately die. Okay. Not I've, dramatic at all, folks. Not I've, dramatic. I've never, like, broken any bones or hurt myself in a very bad way. Uh-huh. So I just don't, mm-mm. I don't know. I did dislocate my shoulder and I popped it back into place oh. in my car. Oh, no, no. Oh. I was sick. How'd you dislocate it? Shoulder injuries from overuse in dance. And so they're not solidly like in the socket anyway. So oh. I was actually just sliding a bag off my shoulder and it went. <laughs> I, you were you were expecting something like really awesome, weren't you? Like something yeah. amazing. Yeah. Nope. Slid off like a well roasted chicken. <laughs> oh, that's ready. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Were you going to any parties in high school? Uh, all boys high school. Were you going to all boys parties? Because that really. <laughs> no, that's when I was still shy and uh, not getting around too much. And no, no parties at first in the Jesuit high school. Although they were organized, the all girls, St. Mary's, whatever, high school. And I, I dreamed about those. Oh, what would I do when all the girls walk into the gymnasium? Like, oh, wow. And no, I fantasized about them. But no parties until I got to the art high school. And then we started partying. That's, that's when I, I think that's when I first encountered weed and I would do keg stands at the parties and everybody would cheer and it was great. <laughs> oh, you went from fantasizing to just going all out. Yeah, upside down drinking. Because <laughs> of my ankles, Diani. <laughs> so yeah, uh, nothing crazy, but started partying there. Wait, nothing crazy. You're doing keg stands keg for stand- so long that people are cheering? That's a little crazy. Like keg stands in high school? I didn't learn about right. keg stands till, till college. So yeah, <laughs> so, yeah a little bit crazy. <laughs> okay, yeah, do you have any, like, how did you get introduced to weed? Do we have any good weed stories? Uh, introduction wasn't, that was just regular. I don't remember the moment, uh, but it was probably my best friend in high school. He was already into it. And the theater crowd. Yeah. So we would do theater because... My drug of choice at first was Jolt Cola. Before each, uh, before each uh, play, my friend and I would down two jolts and be like, you know, I'm ready. I'm centered. That, that's the beginning of cocaine right there. Just so everybody knows. You chug two Jolt Colas. That's the beginning of, 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 a, of an upper friend. You've heard of Jolt Cola? I have, but I thought it was fake. Like I, I heard it in a movie, I think. I've oh, never real. heard of this. What did it taste like? Like what was, it was like Mountain Dew plus cocaine, not cocaine, I meant Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> Mountain Dew plus Coca-Cola. Like what it was, was it? high school theater plus cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> In a- uh, it tasted like a strong Coke, you know, like a, a good, like a strong coffee versus a weak coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's more caffeinated, right? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Mm. I'll have to look this up. I'm gonna look. Yeah, this up. it's real. A nice big red can. Mm. So, uh, but anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, and then the weed story. 
Yeah, that was fine until I got to New York. In New York City, got one of my first experiences with smoking weed, which I didn't, I didn't know how to handle it yet. You know, I get high, but I didn't know. Okay, just chill. Went to a party in Brooklyn, a house party, and everybody was okay. Time to smoke uh, the blunt, and we all sat at a in a circle. It was like twenty people, and I was nineteen or so. And the blunt came around. I was a little nervous because, you know, it looked strong and these were adults and mostly, you know, strong smokers. But here we go. I took it and yeah, it was a strong hit, strong weed, passed it. And then I started, you know, coughing. And then this the, this lady, she, she said to me right straight at me, like, oh, you don't smoke much, do you? And, you know, that, that means nothing, whatever. Just, yeah, this is one of my first times is what I should have said, but... I didn't say anything and I took it, I was already really high and I took it really personal and I thought I was being made fun of. Oh. And I started just kind of quietly weeping. Oh no! <laughs> tears, tears came out of my eyes. I was like, oh. <laughs> I was, was not expecting it. I thought you were gonna say you took another big drag to like prove her wrong. That's what I thought. <laughs> That's what I thought. No, <laughs> weeping. It was not my turn anymore. It would never be again. <laughs> so I cried. That was one of my first donor experiences. Oh. Yeah, I know. Thank you. Now I can prove them wrong. If I can only find that house again. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody come back. Yeah. They don't right. smoke anymore. They're like 70. Yeah, like no, People like when they're 70 when Superman no, 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 but not like they used to. You know what I mean? Like, or maybe they do. In California? Yeah. No, this is in New York. Brooklyn. But, well, I'm just saying there are people, though. I would yeah. California does not count. The whole, the whole, I was going to say the whole country, the whole state. I, know, I, I, just, I traveled to New York City a couple months ago, and I was very surprised. Everywhere, everywhere you're walking around, you turn the corner, everywhere smell weed. Even down in the subway, everybody's smoking weed. Everybody smells weed. It's not legal there, is it? It just got made legal this oh, year. Oh, right? okay. I did not know that. Okay. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Congratulations, New York. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. About time. Yeah. Uh, I used to buy weed from, like, when it wasn't legal. You know, you would get your nickel bags, your, your dime bags. <laughs> and they were sold at this parking lot. And you'd have to walk to the attendant and and be like, I'd like a large parking spot, please. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was the dime bag. Or you could say, I, I need a small, compact parking spot. And that was the, the nickel bag. <laughs> and he would open his jacket and like dig into his jacket in the booth. Wow. And give me a little bag of weed and I like, give him the cash and I'd walk away in the dark. <laughs> He's just probably making so much money. Like oh, yeah. all night, all night coming in and out. Okay, but no one was actually parking in these parking spots. No, there were, it was a parking lot. It was a legit parking no, lot. No, but too. people that were paying for weed, no, like. No, I didn't own a car then. <laughs> were there cameras? Like, why wouldn't you just say, give me that weed then? <laughs> I, there was somebody lurking. I didn't want to ask. Oh, okay, okay, that's smart. I thought there were cameras, and you would drive in with your car and be like, "I would like a large parking spot." Oh. <laughs> and then you park in the, you get the goods, and then park in that spot and then smoke out. No, most of us would just walk up to the parking booth. <laughs> that's how he would know. Oh, okay. <laughs> it started off sounding smart, but then now it's it, like, well, it got stupid fast. Yeah. Yeah, you're walking up to a parking like that's suspicious without a car just do, do, do. don't worry about it nobody's gonna see me <laughs> i love it okay so uh, um you said you went to college in new york did you go in like did you go, like nyc i mean not nyc like in uh, new york city yeah NYC. yeah and NYC. went to sva school of visual arts what was that like it was okay. The classes were, uh, I took illustration and that wasn't quite me, but you know, went through the classes. Didn't so know. You went to school for like art, art? Yeah, illustration and photography, kind of, you know, like commercial illustration, any art you might see on a, on a product that was 
the idea to get you to one of those jobs, you know, whether it's magazine covers or product design, like cereal box, all kinds of stuff. And I, I didn't, I wasn't into it until I ran into the animation uh, class. And then I, there was a elective to take stop motion animation. I said, okay, that sounds more like me. And little did I know that that is me. And I discovered my immediate relationship and attachment to the stop motion animation style and that I have a talent for it. And the teacher was cool. He recognized that talent and he got me my first job. So through that path, that school was pretty, pretty great. All the teachers were really good. That's what I really enjoyed about it. Um, it's a requirement at School of Visual Arts that a teacher must also be working currently in the field that they're teaching in. Yeah. Yeah. So that was cool. And But ultimately, I was working, so I was going to night, night school because I, I had to work, and there was some, some trouble with the financial aid office that just was the last straw, and it just frustrated me. And towards the end of the, the time, I dropped out of of the school so tragic ending <laughs> not tragic not tragic because you got a good life so you know things worked out the way they're meant to you're doing it so you know you didn't need that uh, yeah. but what what drew you to the stop animation as opposed to what you originally were going for the illustration stuff yeah because I, I always wanted something i like the movement i like i enjoy movement and i'm a tactile person I like texture and uh lights and shiny things so stop motion is all of that stop motion is real objects being manipulated with by hand and being made by hand in the same building that you're animating in okay wait just just to educate me and to make sure that our all of our listeners know what we're talking about stop motion animation is like is that like nightmare before christmas exactly yes okay like jack skellington you guys yes yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, one of the cool things about stop motion is that it's not feasible to separate all the departments. Like, we'll do the fabrication of the sets and puppets here, but in another city will be the animation, and another city will be the editing. You can do that with two D and CG, but in stop motion, because it's real objects, you have to be there, holding them and touching them and making them and putting them on stage because uh, you can't quite mail everything. It takes too long, it's too expensive. So by default, you have to all be in the same building and that's how you get to know each other and work with all these other artists every day and you become friends, you become close, you learn from each other's ideas. And it it's part of the reason that it's a really close-knit community all through the world. It's a very small industry and uh, pretty instantly, back to that personality thing of being able to speak with anyone, stop motion animators, you really connect with each other really quick and you become friends right away. So it's a pretty special thing. That's probably true for you. You seem like, I, I'm gonna <laughs> agree with Diana. you seem like somebody who'd be very easy to just connect with. <laughs> That's funny, thank you. Yeah, I guess there are some frenemies around. <laughs> so after you, got fed up with the financial aid thing like you guys suck and you left where did you go what happened i was the assistant animator on a show called a little curious and that was for little kids like tiny little kids this animated show i was like okay and i got paid what was it 50 bucks a day or something like that to just clean up sweep or help out help around and take the garbage out and help do background animation or do whatever the animator needed to be done assistant assistance wise. So that was the first job. And I liked it because the show was really trippy. It was about a string, a notepad and a pencil and a ball. And they just had adventures. Okay. Uh, yeah. The oh. notepad and the pencil were in a committed relationship. So that was Wait cool. A minute, no, go back, go back, start over. Because here's my, here's my question. Was everybody on set smoking weed? Yes. <laughs> it makes more sense now. Yeah. That 
<laughs> yeah, it made sense back then. <laughs> so that was another another facet that I enjoyed the the trippiness of the concepts in animation stories and storytelling. Uh, and then from that, the second job was really my breakthrough and in, in the breakthrough in my career, which was a celebrity deathmatch. MTV for some reason needed to clean house and like they fired a number of animators because for I don't know different reasons some of them were getting pounds of weed delivered to their stages in midtown so that was a (laughs) no-no I didn't know there were no-nos in LA I thought everything was just (laughs) no this is in New York oh no you did say that okay yeah yeah Yeah. no no there's there's lots of rules in New York (laughs) So that was my break. They, they fired a bunch of animators, needed some new animators to come in. And I was there and available and made it into Celebrity Deathmatch, which, you know, um, uh, I met the animators that taught me about motion and physics and started learning what stop motion craft really is. And so a couple of jobs after that, um, Animation work ran ran out in New York. You know, definitely 9-11 affected things. This was about that time and and the economy went down. And so nobody wanted to invest in animation. Nobody wanted to talk about animation in those couple of years after that. So work ran out and I I was forced to, my hand was forced to work in a restaurant. And that was weird and annoying. <laughs> We've literally all been there. So Yeah, and that was... I don't know if it was the waiters or the cocaine that served people, you know, it was. It was the cocaine that served people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's when I learned about that stuff. They love that. Yeah. (laughs) That's when I learned about it too. I was like, oh, what? I have never (laughs) seen this before. (laughs) Yeah. God. So is that when you left New York and came to LA after being a waiter and being like, you know what? I got to go. Well, I was going to stay. Uh, I didn't want to leave New York, but the job showed up in L.A. Like, hey, a new show and we need animators. We don't know how to do this on our own. So the producers needed a whole new crew of the entire team, you know, set makers, puppet builders, animators, camera team. And that was Robot Chicken. That was Robot Chicken 1. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, nobody knew what it was going to be. And... <laughs> It was super fun. That first season was like, whatever you got to do, <laughs> just make it happen. And that's when we all met each other as animators and became friends and would go out drinking and I don't know, there's smoking weed on set and just, just having a lot of fun and, and, and just wacky, the wackiness, we embraced it and invented jokes as we went along uh, during the shots, during the animation. And there was a lot of these real toys that we were playing with and just using hot glue to get them to stay put and clay. And there was it was a, a migration of animators from New York and, and other crew members from Portland and San Francisco. Oh. All work ran out everywhere except L.A. And we all congregated there. And, uh, and that's how we started in, in L.A. And... It's been a pretty busy run since then. That was 2003, 2005. Oh, wow. And can you tell the, because I know, but I don't know if you're allowed, I don't know how this works, but can you tell people what you just recently worked on? This is brand new now. It's a show called Santa Inc. And it's a eight episode series. I was one of the two lead animators. It's on HBO and <laughs> it's gotten some crazy, crazy reaction from the crowd. Um, it's about business in the north pole santa has to pass the baton to the next santa and different characters want to be the next santa and the main character is this a female elf candy and she wants the the position she wants the job so uh that's the premise of the show but it's a very raunchy very adult you like raunchy all right i just work here <laughs> <laughs> Like it says, this does not reflect my views. I just do what I'm told. I know. Come on. <laughs> I didn't write it. I didn't write it. Yeah. I'm just. I was just hired as a hired gun to animate, make those things look alive. So, so we did. Okay, so that's called Santa Inc. Yeah, Santa. Okay, Inc. I know what I'm doing as soon as this is over. Yeah, yeah check it out. Uh, it came out uh, uh, last week. Yeah, it was last week, and then suddenly 
it was really offensive the reaction that first happened to it then people started more people started watching it and i think it's getting better reactions now but unfortunately it's not doing so well i guess it's still trying to find its audience like who is well, this? i had never i'd never heard of it and i like i i, I mean i'm a fan of raunchy humor so maybe I bet your target audience just doesn't know yet that could be it too that could be it yeah Check it out because if you do like raunchy humor, but this is not doing so well, I wonder what you think. Because it's right now, it's the, the lowest rated TV show in the history of IMDb. Oh, <laughs> so do you want me to take this all out? <laughs> <laughs> no, listeners, go watch it, watch it. write yeah. it, let us know what you think. We'll go watch it and then. Yeah. We'll talk about you behind your back next week. Yeah. Uh, I'm really curious that sometimes things do really well when they find a cult following. And yeah. It's like you, just need your, you just need your people. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any like crazy LA partying stories that you can tell us that won't get you fired or rehired? It's LA. Anywhere? Will anything get you fired as long as nobody dies? You know? I don't know. So let's see. One time it was back in the day in the beginning, there was a lot of parties. But one of the more memorable ones was uh, we were able to go as the Robot Chicken crew. We were celebrating some DVD release of our uh, the three seasons or something like that. And we got to go to the Playboy Mansion. What? Yeah. So That is a dream of mine. I'm so excited right now. Please. Yeah, it was super exciting. Uh, we were all, we, we got on a party bus, you know, drinking on the bus on the way there and smoking and everything. And, there was no plus ones and so that was that was a bit of a shame but whatever we'll be drunk doesn't matter <laughs> uh, but my the studio had a raffle for one winner would get a plus one and I won that wow I don't know uh, I just willed it so I took my 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 best friend there so that was a lot of fun to go to the playboy match with your one of your best friends um that's Barry Diani <laughs> well this is excellent barry's on next week y'all we're gonna talk yeah, about this party right. from two different perspectives i have so that's many questions. right that's right <laughs> yeah let's go with the playboy party <laughs> okay can you tell i mean can you just can you give us a gentle description of the things that happened uh yeah go to the party bus and unfortunately there was no playboy bunnies no it was just the setting so we were like oh come Aww. on yeah, no, like none of like Hef and none of his friends were there. Nobody. They, well, what the heck? <laughs> they got the. I'm hell. not gonna heck it. What the hell? That is not the same. That's what we said. Well, there's no plus ones. It's just us. <laughs> and uh, but there's a zoo there, or they used to be at Playboy Mansion is no more. Uh, it used to be there, this zoo, and we went in it. Oh, we were all, we we're gonna smoke a joint and let's walk through the little zoo. And that was, must've been one of the saddest, most sadistic things I've ever seen. It was just sad, like small cages with these exotic animals kind of barely looking up at you and not even willing anything. And it was super sad. Just like by the time we came out of that, that it's walk. not at all how I was expecting this, this story. This story went downhill real fast. <laughs> you guys. I, my high was gone. I needed another joint. <laughs> so uh we go to the grotto and open bar again we're having drinks and people start to you know take some clothes off and then finally a couple of the girls they took all their clothes off and then there we, we go yeah then we now these are co but these are co-workers i i don't that can't be good it could be you're seeing all your co-workers naked I've seen yeah. several of my coworkers naked. That could Not be at my current job, <laughs> but at previous jobs. <laughs> so, right. yeah, some of them, it was okay. <laughs> Others, yeah, don't. <laughs> so jump into the grotto in the pool. It's crazy. We're all like jumping around. And then somehow word lets out that by coincidence, it's my 30th birthday that night. And so I'm swimming around and there's this waterfall in the cave part of the grotto and you go swim through the waterfall and now you come out into the yard into the pool and it's connected but you swim through the waterfall and it's so magical and so i'm swimming through the waterfall and i come out and everybody's looking at me in the pool and singing happy birthday <laughs> I'm like what? Awesome. 
so that was pretty um, special and weird. And I come out and we keep partying. But um, were you naked while they were singing you "Happy Birthday"? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a rebirth. It was a rebirth. I came out of the waterfalls. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. So that was cool. Uh, oh, that's right was the first to get naked. He is one of the craziest, most talented stop motion animators ever. And he's the party guy. He's, he's the one that starts the craziness. So he's the one that took all his clothes off before anybody else. And he jumped in the pool, then ran out through the crowd nude. And we were like, oh, what the hell? And that's when, that was our cue. Now we go in the pool. <laughs> so, uh, but no, uh, yeah, sorry, nothing crazy, crazy. No, happened. that's crazy enough. <laughs> Yeah, no, no crazy drugs or, or Playboy bunnies. Yeah, too bad. Anyway, the, the party bus, it was all sealed. We weren't supposed to see how to get there. Took us to some parking lot in Santa Monica. And we were like, now what? <laughs> Sounds like Squid Games. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was in, the, in, in a sense. <laughs> so that was one memorable party. A very memorable party. <laughs> and it was your 30th birthday. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. When I turn 30 again, I want it to be at the Playboy Mansion. Yeah, it was it was dope. Uh, we all used to have a lot of house parties as well. I had uh, this weird little storage room with a door in my apartment back then. And I called it the tripping room. Because what else do you do? It's, it was like four foot ceilings. So you crawl to get in. And I just threw some pillows in there. So you just kind of sit around. And it was only like three people fit in there. You sit around and do drugs, and we smoked salvia, and we tr- we would trip in that room like crazy. And <laughs> at one point, I had to run out. What is salvia? Salvia is a hallucinogen, and it's dried leaf, a plant, and you smoke it in a pipe, or at least that's how I did it. Uh, or you can sprinkle it on a joint, I guess. But it's very, it's super scary. It, it instantly you're tripping before you even put the pipe down. You're way tripping balls and wow. and you're seeing other beings and you I, he, I heard other voices and i believe they were there in other dimensions and i saw molecules and all kinds of craziness uh and it lasts like 30 seconds oh, okay but in that trip you forget who you are you forget where you are because you're in another dimension uh i couldn't tell you my name if you asked me at that moment because then you, you come out of the trip half a minute later and I had run out of that room kind of scared and ran into my living room. And I said to myself, oh, yeah, I'm here. And I remembered, oh, I'm home. And oh, yeah, I just smoked salvia. And it all came back to reality. And it's amazing. It's a crazy thing. Very scary, but really cool. I really uh, presence there, like somebody else. And, and they were saying, like, what do you think you're doing here? They were like, I was so small in their presence, in their dimension. Oh, no. Yeah, it was really weird. And it looked like a little troll i remember him and uh but i just wanted to say like i really i appreciate when to hear that psychedelics are are, can be used for therapy and and just for i don't know opening your mind or bringing people out of their shell or you know and with respect in a in a a good positive setting you know it can be abused of course but it's cool to hear that mushrooms and stuff are used in in ways that can be positive and helpful for people yeah it doesn't have to be this I'm trying to escape and I'm just grunting out. Yeah. All right. Uh, We have different segments that we do. We have one. I usually don't do this one. It's called Runaway Rewind. There we go. Yay. So we want to know, it's all about fashion. What Uh were you wearing back in the day in high school, college? What kind of fashions were you rocking? What was the fit for for the parties? Yeah, high school was pretty better than college. High school, I was rocking the vests. <laughs> okay. With t-shirts or with long sleeve shirts. I had like shiny vests. I had a, a wool tie-dye vest. <laughs> it was awful. So uh, yeah, I had vests and uh, Doc Martin boots, like bright yeah. red boots. Oh, not red. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. That was, that was that was cool. I'm thinking I'm gonna get them again. Go for it. But, uh, in LA, please do. We're yeah. 
Yes. I want awesome. the red ones and the chrome ones now. <laughs> but I, I used to have all kinds of cool sunglasses. And I found these round, like John Lennon style sunglasses. But the mirror was concave. So when you walk up to me, you're upside down in my glasses. And everybody would trip out on that. And I would be amused all day about it. <laughs> and so that's the kind of stuff I was wearing. College, not so much. Were you just trying to survive in college? Just trying to survive. That's right. <laughs> but fashion, I'm starting to kind of wake up to it now, currently. You know, in the last few years, I, I, I'm appreciating um, more textured things. Uh, the touchability of fabric and fashion is cool. Uh, I, like, I really enjoy wearing long uh, garments, like a long sweater or... I want to get a cape. I'm gonna. That's like on my to-do list this next year. A very, a very sleek, handsome cape. You know. Uh, I love this so much. <laughs> I love this so much. Yes. Uh, oh, I, I do. When I do, I ran out. But when I go to a party, usually here in LA, I a couple years ago as well, I started wearing uh, metallic temporary tattoos, like on my face, on my hands, on my arms. Just because it's shiny and, and, and novel and it's like trips people out sometimes and, and they're fun to look at. And so I, I'm starting to embrace glitter and shiny things in, in my fashion these days. I think everyone should embrace glitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so this isn't technically a segment, but I did want to include it anyway. It will be a segment. Yeah, I was like, we just, we need to figure out a name for it. But oh. what music were you listening to, like high school, college? Oh, that's pretty easy. Uh, mostly pop, pop and electronic. But the main band I was obsessed with is a, was a band called Roxette. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love them. We got to see, went to a concert, saw them in Detroit, uh, and I was just in love with them. And I would include them. I was painting a lot. I, I, I made like a painting a week when I was a teenager of, of, of all kinds of stuff, portraits, surreal landscapes, whatever. Um, and I would always include the duo of Roxette in my paintings. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> For some reason, but... I still like them. Uh, and Depeche Mode, I've always been a huge fan of Depeche Mode. So that's when I discovered goth. And and I've always been attracted to goth, but I've never been allowed in, in, in the circle. So I haven't met my you gotta start. Goth. It starts with eyeliner. It starts with the yeah. eyeliner. You got to do the eyeliner first. All right. I'm, I'm, I ain't mad at that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what else? Oh, and a lot of Beethoven. My That's from my dad he, he was always a fanatic of classical and so he ingrained it in me and i i also i, I can't live without beethoven to this day in, in my life you know so beethoven's always around that music is still incredible so some classical and that was rare for a teenager you know so yes yeah so that helped my musical education a lot yeah i think that was it in excess uh was was fun i saw them in concert that was great my uh, I couldn't find uh, anybody to go with me, so my dad went with me to the NXS. That's awesome. <laughs> he, it he, was, he, was, he was deaf at, at the end, <laughs> but I loved it. So our last segment is called Boomworthy Blurbs. We want to know, were there any huge news events growing up? Mostly, well, you've been through some stuff, man. You've had several lifetimes worth of big Yeah. Big events that you lived through. Like, it's not yeah. just like they happened and you were separated. You were in it. Any other news events that happened growing up impacted your life? That impacted my life? Mm-hmm. Uh, during the 80s, while we were already in the United States, my family and all Salvadorians in the diaspora, we were just living for that war to end. Mm-hmm. And for... For the uh, the rebels to win it, I, I would fantasize. I remember like, oh, I can't wait, they, they got to win. Because it was either the dictatorship, the military dictatorship, or whatever the rebels, their group was called the FMLN, uh, whatever they were going to get into. Uh, so 
we're consistently waiting for that to, to end. And finally, it didn't end. Uh, without the military aid and the financial aid of the United States, I think the, the FMLN would have won that war, but it just couldn't fight the juggernaut of military uh, efficiently enough. And lots of very interesting things in that war. Um, but anyway, the war didn't end, but somehow I guess it was Clinton that during Clinton era, accords were agreed to. Okay, let's just stalemate. Let's agree to some accords. And that was in the United Nations in New York. Uh, I wasn't in New York yet, but my, my dad was asked to join the delegation because oh, he had wow. been involved before with the group back in the 80s before we left. So he became a translator and kind of a fixer or a, a driver for the delegation from the FMLN to the United Nations. And so that accord, that, was, that stood out to us. Finally, the war is over and signed the peace uh, agreement and we all can just fucking get this behind us yeah. and start rebuilding the country. So that was, that was a big moment. I mean, yeah. It turned out as everyone wanted, ideally, in today's days, but um, whatever, the end of that war was something that stood out to us. Okay. Well, on that note, we like to end with life advice. Do you have any life advice for our listeners? It can be general. It can be specific. It, it doesn't matter. Just anything that you kind of want to share. Life advice, definitely most important is to travel to seek always to travel anywhere even within your city explore within your state within your country but ideally to another country another culture travel and then not only travel to take pictures or to take souvenirs or to take your you know selfies but also to give something. Think of if you travel, think of something to give to that that community you're visiting as well, um, and that and to meet someone there and and be friends and you know buy someone a meal or a drink or give someone a gift or do volunteer work in the place that you are visiting. And I think that is a big deal of making one a, a more solid person and more solid traveler, and it's a huge education. Uh, to travel and to actually interact with the local community in a meaningful way. So that's one, that's a big one I, I live by. Also, no regrets. And oh yeah, I got this from Star Trek. Um, use your weakness as your strength. I like that one. And I and it becomes true when, when I'm in a bind. Like what's the problem here? I can, and you turn the table around and you see it from a different angle and and now your weakness becomes your strength. And it really, it really is applicable to almost any situation. I love that. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. That is a really Star Trek ones again. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for doing this, for being here. This was amazing. Okay, that was so much fun. He's lived and, like eight lives. That's oh my so God. Fun. He's been through so many things. And I love just having that different perspective. So I was like, it is nice to talk to somebody from another, yeah. getting another um, ethnic group in is always, yeah. yeah. I love it here. I forgot to tell him he was my favorite. <sighs> if you're listening, you're my favorite. Remember she has 18 best friends. <laughs> and take that as you will. Take it with a grain of salt, Okay. No, but this was so different. And it's another one of those journeys that I love where, you know, and it's not necessarily that college didn't, well, I don't know, college didn't work out necessarily, but you, you still ended up in the place that you were supposed to be. Yeah. I was thinking you always do. You know what I mean? You, you end up where you're supposed to be just kind of period. Mm-hmm. It's your turn to pick our drink for next week. Yeah, you guys, like as she was um that's like she it, was looking at me and I was like, crud, hold on. I feel like it always happens. the panic sets in when you realize, oh wait, I'm in charge of something. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. I did have something picked out. I have okay. it saved in my in my phone. Um 
It's called a Hotel Georgia. I like that. Um, it is, and it's a gin-based cocktail. So I picked this out after you picked a gin cocktail last week. I was like, okay, well, I'll follow suit. Yeah. Um, I was like, it's gin, lemon, egg white, Angostura bitters, and then a word that I can't even pronounce hmm. or orgeat, orgeat. I don't know. O r g e a t. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't want to say Jay. <laughs> there it is. Or Jay, like Lily girl. Don't know how to pronounce that either. Right. That's how we got there. Um, yeah. Okay. So we've got our, we've got our cocktail for next week. It is a uh, martini. So it's, it's uh, served up, but. Can you say the I'm name one more time? Sorry. Hotel Georgia. Hotel Georgia. Georgia. Please don't sing. <laughs> it's karaoke time I've been drinking <laughs> oh okay we need to go back and say are you, are you still at a medium thumb you didn't do yours the second round but yeah okay so I did go back and make a, a regular GNT um you guys and I, I just gotta say I I think I'm gonna thumbs down the pink GNT as much as I want to like something that's pink just because mm-hmm. it's pink it wasn't pink and uh the bitters while interesting Mm-hmm. I would not, it's not something I would want to drink again. And I know that because my second one Love had it. no bitters in it. Thumbs down for me on the pink gin and tonic. Yeah. Medium thumb for pink gin and soda. That the things that we didn't like about it were different because there's only three things in it. It's yeah. like, <laughs> we're fine with the gin. The gin's fine. The gin's the gin whatever. great. The gin is great. You're doing a great <laughs> job. <laughs> Don't change. Well, um, yeah, that was interesting. We've got our cocktail for next week. We hope you're drinking along. Um, you can let us know how you felt about the pink GNT if you tried it. If you thought it was as disgusting as we both did, let us know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It wasn't that bad. It's not my favorite, but it wasn't that bad. Um, don't forget to email in your stories to boomtownstories at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. I do think that we're um, almost ready to start reading some stuff. So we'll... We'll let you guys know when that's coming. I guess that all that's left to say at this point is, because I remembered this time. (laughs) Until next time. Boom, baby. Hey.